Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Playlist Profiles, the podcast that explores inspiring people and big ideas through the music that touches our lives. I am your host, Christy Schweigart. Welcome to September. Wow, the air is already crisp, the leaves are beginning to fall, and the humidity in D.C. is finally starting to dwindle. I hope everyone is okay wherever you are right now. Thinking of everyone in California with the fires, parts of the country that are still recovering from the large amount of storms over the past couple of weeks. I think there was a earthquake this morning in New Jersey. People felt it. There's a lot going on on top of the multiple crises that our country and world is dealing with. So I hope you're you're doing okay. And it's okay if you're not okay right now. It's not a normal time and it won't be. <sighs> Deep breaths. Today... I have a great interview for you. Wow, that transition. <laughs> we are joined by Stacey Jean Lee, career coach, content creator, founder, and all around great person. We talk about how she became passionate about helping others, why she loves empowering creatives and misfits, and what she has in store for her career coaching business. I will have links for where you can find Stacey and her business in the show notes. We had a great conversation that I know you will enjoy. Before we get into the interview, as you know, I love to highlight a new educational resource, digital content creator that you can support, and today's digital spotlight is on the Light Leaks. And the Light Leaks was created by a fellow Rutgers grad, and it is a community for the support, empowerment, and education of women and gender nonconforming filmmakers. They provide filmmakers across the world and web with opportunities to connect with others, showcase their work, learn new skills, and more. And they accomplish their goals through their editorial platform, offline events, their online shop, and more. And the Light Leaks goals are to be a source of the latest trends in the industry, facilitate honest conversations through offline events, create chances to connect with other creators, provide opportunities to have work highlighted, and give inspiration and advice via all platforms. It is a great community. I've been following it for a few years now. Uh, so many Q&As with filmmakers and spotlights on new movies and, and online TV shows coming out. There's so much. So please go follow. Even if you aren't a filmmaker, you learn so much about independent creators online. And I will have the late leaks highlighted on the Playlist Profiles Instagram at Playlist Profiles Podcast and in the show notes. All right, let's get into the interview with Stacy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Playlist Profiles. I am here with Stacy. Stacy, do you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Christy, for having me on today. Uh, right now, I'm a career coach focusing on helping creatives and misfits with launching their careers, usually recent college grads and students. And uh, I'm really passionate about this work. And um, even though I was only out of college just, just a few years ago, um, I found it to be really fulfilling and, um, I guess, yeah, personally satisfying to see everyone that I've worked with develop in their careers. That's amazing. And I love that tagline, empowering creatives and misfits to launch impactful careers while staying true to themselves. Because um, in this world, it seems like in order to succeed in a career, you have to put yourself in a box and 
and and shed away a lot of what makes you you and you um, ensure that that people stay true to themselves and find impactful careers on their own. So I, I love what you're doing. Um, so like you said, you are a career coach with a background in teaching and, and working at your University Student Success Center. What pushed you to pursue this path on your own and, and become an entrepreneur and, and take control? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good question. Because to be honest, I never really thought I was not one of those people who knew that I wanted to start a business and do stuff on my own from any point. I always thought I would be a teacher or like work in a school in some capacity. So I think the thing that really spurred me to start coaching was seeing how much support that college students need career wise when they graduate. Um, Because right now, there really is a lot going on in the the broader economic context. The uh, graduation rate, you know, is really high. And there are a lot of college students who end up becoming underemployed or unemployed, even though they put in all this work to get a degree. And the whole thing is just really, really hyper competitive, as I'm sure you know, like even just getting into college is a whole ordeal. So a lot of people, they feel like really lost and really Um, I guess like their college education didn't prepare them for this. So working with the students like at Temple at my school, and then also with the nonprofit I worked with, College Possible, which helps low-income students uh, push through college and giving them resources, we really discovered that, you know, the career support was a big gap. So while College Possible and, you know, other centers within universities are doing their part, I was like, I feel like I could do this as an entrepreneur, as my own thing, because then there's a lot of flexibility and I don't have to just follow the policies of the university. You know, I can support students in whatever way I can, truly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know, that all sounds amazing. And it helps you build really meaningful relationships with your clients because you can... Um, you can really put your best foot forward and, and do what you think is best as opposed to um, a larger institution um, kind of imposing their values on you. So that's great. And you have a focus in empowering creatives and misfits, which is something that I attach to because it's something that I've always struggled with too on my own in the corporate world. I'm a creative person and I'm always trying to add my own style and flair to the corporate world. Um, and, you know, I have this side hustle of my podcasts. And, um, and you know, translating that into a resume or into an interview can be tough sometimes. So how do you think creatives and misfits add value to, to different careers and opportunities? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think I should define what I mean by creatives and misfits Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's an artist, like pursuing work as an artist. But yeah, usually they are pursuing art either on the side as a hobby or they have a creative outlet like you do with your podcast. So it's really about the creative spirit and then also that sense of maybe not fitting in the corporate mold fully and really having a vision to help people. having authenticity as one of their main values. And I found honestly that more and more young people, like more and more people our age fit this description because like we're wary of corporations. You know, we don't really trust the nine to five office job, corporate, you know, structure that our parents or like their parents might've had because like, quite frankly, we've seen how 
um, corporations have torn this country apart in a lot of ways. And we're more passionate about social causes and holding ourselves and each other accountable. So basically, like to answer your question, um, I think that it's becoming more and more of a common perspective. Like instead of just pledging allegiance to your company or whatever, you think about the big picture and you are always striving for improvement. And I think that's like a really beautiful thing uh, in the end and really a good like value to have, but also a really good strength of our generation as a whole. Definitely. And just putting more work into you as a person, as opposed to putting in work to serve a corporation or to make yourself the best fit for a corporation. I I love that. And um, LinkedIn and all of these different social media platforms that provide a lot of networking opportunities or ways to display your expertise, your creativity, Um, Knowing how to use those platforms is important, especially when you want to add your own style or flair to what you do. Um, So I was wondering what your number one piece of advice is for someone who wants to stay true to themselves while also catering their resume, their cover letter, their LinkedIn for a job or a school application. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really great question. And I think The answer also helps people with standing out, which is something we still want to do, you know, in order to land opportunities and things like that. So my number one piece of advice would be to be a little bit vulnerable or a lot vulnerable if you're comfortable with that, because in the end, people want to work with people that they like, that they're inspired by and that they think um, are just you know, high quality human beings. And so, of course, like listing your accomplishments is important and your skills. But if you share your story, um, if you're able to talk about like the things you've gone through that may have been really difficult or um, just, you know, being authentic and not trying to create like a perfect polished narrative, um, exposing your flaws, I think those things done skillfully on LinkedIn and on social media can really, really attract people to you and attract opportunities to you because that is how people connect is through stories ultimately. That is so important. Um, I love that. That's definitely a mantra I live by. And I know um, it's becoming more and more important to people is to see vulnerability and storytelling as this powerful thing to bring to any sort of application. And Um, Of course, not pressuring yourself to give away all of your deepest, darkest secrets, but (laughs) tell the story about why you want to work in in what you want to do, because there's always a story behind it most of the time. Um, So I I love that advice, and thank you so much uh, for providing that. Um, And kind of along the same lines of embracing vulnerability and your story as a person, um, something I, I really love that you do on your Instagram stories, at least, is you um, you post what you're grateful for on your Instagram stories. And I think it's important all the time, of course, to have gratitude and to celebrate the, the great things in life. But especially today, um, social media has – it's become a place where people are turning to because they can't go out. They can't really experience life in person. But it's also where a lot of um, – depressing news is shared, which is important because we all need to stay informed. But um, I think this this light that you're providing is impactful and it 
it pushes me at least, and I'm sure many others to think about what they do have in this moment, especially during this this time of mass struggle. So why has this been important for you to do and um, and why did you start? Oh, first of all, I really appreciate that. Thanks. And yeah, I found that it has helped people and like inspired people to think a little bit more about the things that they do have and the things that they're grateful for. Um, there's a lot of research and I'm actually really interested in the whole field of positive psychology, which gratitude, uh, having a gratitude practice is a huge part of basically just reframing your experiences um, in a positive light, making note of the things that you're grateful for every day, and also expressing gratitude towards people is a huge part of it too. So um, maybe writing an email, reaching out to somebody that has helped you and that has ultimately made a big difference in your life, just letting them know that, you know, things like that. Um, I found can really uh, help people shift into an abundance mindset. And have you heard the phrase abundance mindset or know what it means? I haven't. No. It's kind of the opposite of scarcity mindset. So scarcity mindset is thinking that you are at the, I don't know, you're kind of like a victim. You receive things like at the whims of others, you're kind of powerless. Whereas an abundance mindset really empowers you and it prompts you to think about all of the things that you do have, all of the things in your control, um, the things that you want, the goals that you have are really within reach when you have an abundance mindset. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the mindset I try to embody at all times. And it's been proven to have a lot of like psychological and mental health benefits. Of course, it's like not possible to always be like that all the time. I want to be realistic and not be like, yeah, I'm, you know, super grateful and happy and everything 24 seven, but it's definitely a good goal to strive towards for sure. No, that is. And that's definitely something that I need to work on, but I love that. So thank you. I will definitely read up on that after this. Yeah. Positive um, psychology. Yeah. And, um, we, we talked about this a little bit before about, you know, there are a lot of people graduating, but it's also a tough job market. And you work with a lot of folks on, on their careers. And in this tough job market, um, do you have any stories of incredible resilience from any of the clients you've worked with? Any big lessons learned throughout the past couple of months in, in dealing with this crisis, especially um, on, on the job market side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With COVID and everything happening, it's definitely harder than it was before, especially for a lot of people who were going into things like events. It's, you know, the events field is just completely changed. So I do have a story. My The client that comes to mind, she had a lot of retail experience and she's actually going to be graduating from university this upcoming year. And so with all of her retail experience, her being a performing arts and arts media major and, you know, events being canceled and things like that, she was really doubting her ability to land an internship or a job in her field before she graduates and had just kind of resigned herself to working in her retail job. And I want to make clear that there's like absolutely nothing wrong with retail. Like I've worked a lot of retail and the opportunities for leadership are real. And it's just that for her as a student, she really had other hopes in mind. So I think 
through working with her over the last couple of months and seeing her confidence change over um, the resume revisions and the cover letter stuff that we've done, as well as the conversations just about her capabilities, you know, because like a lot of people think, oh, I've only done this or I've only worked at, you know, this food service job or whatever. And I asked them, okay, but like, were you promoted or were you given on like additional responsibilities? And they're like, yeah, I, you know, train people and everyone thinks I'm really responsible and my boss loves me. And I'm like, okay, we, we need to talk about this. You know, like we need to, we need to highlight this and bring your energy across as much as possible. So it is tough. Like it definitely requires a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of thinking about your strengths and what you bring to the table. But I think after we were able to do that, and this client actually just landed an internship in her field, she's going to be an editor at this arts magazine. Um, It was just, I don't know, it was just really awesome to see because like I knew all along that she was capable of it, but it was just all about getting her to see it and then watching it happen in real life. That must be so exciting to see um, someone that you worked with and that you talked with and probably vented with about everything Mm -hmm. going on and see them be successful and find, find the root of what makes them them and what makes them powerful. And I'm sure you'll be helping a lot more people in the future. But I I really love that point on um, honing in on the impactfulness of working in the retail space, because I agree, I feel like there's a lot of stigma around it. But that's where at least I've learned how to interact with, with customers, interact with people in a business setting and and know what true customer service looks like, which isn't yes. easy. So I like that you also prioritize work like that because um, I know that sometimes, especially in the corporate world and events, it's hard to navigate um, what jobs are are valued when when going into an interview. So, so mm-hmm. thank you. Um, well, of course, uh, this podcast is Playlist Profiles, and I love to learn about people through the music that they love and that has impacted them and, and built them up as a person. So uh, would you mind walking us through the playlist that you put together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the first song on my playlist is Landslide by Oh Wonder. And I really love Oh Wonder. I saw them live in 2017. I want to say at Penn's Landing and it's two singers they just the way their voices sound together is just so soothing and this particular song is just so reassuring and um, it's all about having someone there for you when there's a tough time not necessarily in a romantic sense either just in a friendship way or in a really close supportive way so the song is definitely on my playlist like my sad playlist I guess but also like my motivation playlist actually all of these songs are like on my motivation playlist um yeah and that's also why I really love the concept behind this uh podcast because there really is so much to be said about music and I feel like a lot of the people who are making moves and have you know a deep love of music it plays a big role in keeping them going and inspiring them and, you know, the artists that they listen to. So anyway, that's my little aside with uh, this 
playlist. The second song that I have is River Road by Jack Harlow. Still trying to figure out what it's going to take. Still trying to find connection with some real I'm really, really becoming obsessed with Jack Harlow. I He has that song, What's Poppin', which is kind of a TikTok song. But before that, he's been making music since like 2016 or earlier. And he's our age. He's like 20, in his early 20s. Um, so this song is really talking about the nostalgia of his hometown in Louisville, Kentucky, and how things change and how success changes you and how people view you and how their perceptions of you stay the same. Um, I think something that I kind of work through a lot is with being visible on Instagram and having been visible before as a spoken word poet, I sometimes can end up caught in thought loops thinking about like what others think. So this song is really reassuring and also real talking about how, you know, what other people think it, it, it's a thing, but in the end it doesn't really matter because as long as you feel good and as long as you know what you're doing is right, it's like, that's all good, you know? And then the third song is Broken Clocks by SZA. Uh, that whole album is so good but I don't know I love this song because it perfectly sums up that feeling that I think a lot of us have where we're kind of running from one thing to the other we have like three jobs we're hustling and there's just no time for anything and like I mean a lot of her music sums up this feeling that like we we're doing our best and like we can have a fun time while doing it you know like this is um it's tiring and it's, you know, not always glamorous and not always like what we want to be doing. But at the end of the day, like if we're ambitious people and if we want to get stuff done, then we just got to hustle. So, and we just got to find the time. Uh, so those are the three songs that I picked for my playlist. Thank you so much for, uh, walking us through that and also um, putting together the playlist in the first place. I mm -hmm. know that it's definitely not easy. It's something that I struggle with too. So I do feel bad making my guests do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy that you also feel um, the connection between music and your life. And I definitely feel what you were saying about, um, you know, living a life that's pretty visible in terms of social media. Um, because once you stop <laughs> posting things or speaking out about things, it becomes hard to do that and take a break because people do expect to see from you or hear from you. Um, so I, I like that you're also cognizant of that and are trying to find find balance in that way. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, of course. And going back a little bit into um, – careers and social impact. I know we talked about this a little bit before, but a lot of the guests actually on Playlist Profiles have careers centered around social impact and have often noted how difficult it is to um, immerse themselves in this field, actually break into this field because it is so sought after, which is great. I'm happy that people want to impact our lives in a positive way. Um, but you know, now it, it is hard, I mean, with any industry. So I can also tell that you believe that this field will grow immensely in the future. So 
Why do you think that careers in the social impact space are so needed, especially now? Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's just so many, so many reasons. It's yeah, and I did notice that about this pro this podcast as well. I was like, these people are doing awesome work, like in just healthcare and activism and like all the things. I think in the end, a lot of people and I could be wrong, but a lot of people they end up going to college and before they go into college and graduate, they're fed a certain type of narrative from their parents. And I know this is definitely the case for me, like growing up in a family of immigrants, that the purpose of college is to make money and only certain careers will give you that money. And if you don't do those careers and you don't make that money, then you are doing something wrong, basically. And not to say that there's this either or relationship, like you can either have social impact or you can make large amounts of money. Like that's definitely not the case. Um, but yeah, I've found what you've said where it's like hard to break through in a lot of these fields, like working with nonprofits, working uh, in healthcare, in social work, in so teaching, education, all of those things. Um, it's difficult to to make a living at the moment, which is a huge problem. But still, the careers are needed because I think a lot of people, it feeds our soul. You know, like it really gives us a reason to get up in the morning is to think, okay, like I'm doing this and I'm doing this work in order to help this group of people that needs my help. And that's really what social impact work is about. Like, if you can answer yes to that question, does my work help other people and enable them to flourish and, you know, provide a service that they otherwise would not have had access to, then you're essentially doing social impact work. So, yeah, so I think there are so many factors contributing to the growth in the space and the need for the space. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the societal factors that just are true about our generation that cause us to gravitate towards these careers. Um, and it's just really, really, I think, a big shift from that initial mindset that I described earlier that's you know prominent in a lot of people from the older generation. It's people are waking up to the fact that careers are not just a means of making money. It's really how we execute our purpose in this life and how we find meaning and contribute to other people's lives. Definitely. Um, and I don't have much to add because you <laughs> said it so beautifully, but I really think it's clear that people now are searching for careers that mean more, whether it's, yeah, I mean, so many people have started side hustles and have prioritize their hobbies because it's what fills them up and what makes them feel like their true selves and gives them that purpose. And it'll be interesting to see in the future um, a lot of the entrepreneurship and the side hustles that have come over the past couple of years to see what industry looks like in the future and how how much more we all look out for one another um, every day included in our jobs as opposed to, you know, after the nine to five uh, work day and work week. So mm -hmm. 
I'm happy that you see you see that growing and and it's a priority for you because I know it is for so many people. Mm-hmm. And this is an ongoing theme with everyone and especially in the career space and wondering what the next step is for someone, especially moving from high school to college or college into um, a job or into grad school. Imposter syndrome is real and it's I feel like it's something that is never going to go away just because we're always, especially now with social media, we're always in a space where we can easily compare ourselves to one another. And with LinkedIn, I mean, I can see what GPA someone got. I can see what award they got. And it's like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing? Or mm-hmm. am I doing everything okay? Um, and you're doing a lot of a lot for people in this space um, by not only working with folks one-on-one, but you're you're working to create a community of people. Um, and I think that's important because working off of ideas with other people is what really builds you up um, yes, in addition to one-on-one work. And so how do you deal with these feelings of imposter syndrome and how do you work to with others to combat those feelings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely, I definitely know what you're saying with like seeing other people's LinkedIn's and uh, <laughs> even their, their Instagram, just like social media in general and thinking like, oh, wow, like they're 21 and doing all this and I'm like falling behind somehow or, and I think first of all, when it comes to imposter syndrome, I always frame it as if this is something that you're thinking a lot of the times, it means that you have high standards for yourself. Like, first of all, take it as a sign that you have high standards because in that thought of, oh, like I should be doing this or this person is inspiring, but you know, I suck. It's, it's this thought of like, okay, I know I belong at the top of the mountain, so to speak, or like, I know I should be executing my full potential right now. And then of course the bad part is you know, feelings of low self-esteem and all of that, the comparison, the jealousy, but, but that stuff is, is ultimately because you're assigning someone else's success as the standard, you know? Mm. So it's like, once you acknowledge that the imposter syndrome is pointing to something actually really good about yourself, but you need to take those toxic feelings and turn them into, I guess, motivation to look inside yourself and think, okay, like, what is my version of success? Like, what should I be accomplishing? What is realistic for me right now? And I guess, like, I know this sounds extreme, and I don't want to, like, stress anyone out, but (laughs) what I always, like, think to myself and tell my friends and even tell my clients if I think they're needing that push is like there really only is so much time you know that we have to do things and so like if you feel like you're wasting time or you feel like you're um faking it you know you're not doing things to your full potential and you'll be exposed as a fraud then it's like it's like, are you really making the most out of your time by thinking those things? Or should you just be doing, you know, should you just be doing like the thing that you know, you're supposed to be doing? So I know it's easier said than done to, to find that thing and, and then to do it. 
but it really is that simple. Like I truly, truly believe it's that simple. So, so yeah, um, basically in the end, imposter syndrome, it can be transformed and it can be a sign of like a, of a good impulse, I think. I love that description of it and that thought process because it's like with any feeling, especially with comparing um, on social media, you can completely ruminate in your thoughts and go down a spiral about thinking what you're not doing and what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. But that's time taken away from something that you can be doing and making yourself better at or reading a book about something that you're interested in. And that's definitely something I've been trying to do is if I'm scrolling too much and if I'm working myself up is take control of those moments and turn it into something that um, can better me as a person and better the people around me and and be a better friend to others. And, And that's also a good way of thinking in terms of the people you surround yourself with. Like yes. I I always think about my friends. They're so successful. A lot of them are going to the best grad schools for what they want to do. And sometimes I'm like, why am why are they friends with me? I'm not on that level. But it's one that's unhealthy way of thinking, but sometimes you can't help it. But mm-hmm. it makes you want to be better too. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it can be toxic, but a lot of the time your friends, you surround yourself with people who lift you up and make you want to be better. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I really like how you thought through that because it is important to kind of just take control of those thoughts that can be super toxic. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, and this is a fun question uh, just because we're nearing the end, but what is your number one LinkedIn tip? Um, a lot of people know me from my my multiple jobs that I love LinkedIn and I'm obsessed with it. So (laughs) I just love to hear what you think about it and, um, and you know, your advice there. Yeah. First of all, I love that you love LinkedIn. I feel like everyone (laughs) I talk to is like, Oh, LinkedIn, I have to do LinkedIn. I'm like, LinkedIn is amazing. But anyway, so first of all, we stand. And second of all, my tip my number one tip with LinkedIn would be to put to put 110% into your summary. And your summary is the about section at the top that is kind of just like a text box that they see like underneath your photo and your headline. Um, because what I see a lot of people do in their summary is they're like student at XYZ or like, you know, experienced in this seeking roles in that like just very you know yeah I know I know you know and (laughs) like the best LinkedIn summaries that I've seen are 400 words long they're you know short essays basically but they're able to really synthesize and articulate what that person is about where they're coming from and this also goes into what we were talking about earlier with being a little bit vulnerable this is your space to tell your story like where you came from what that has to do with your career all of your passions Um, because something else that I've noticed with people of a younger generation and creatives and misfits is that because they have so many different work experiences they have a lot of skills and they have a lot to contribute but like it's not immediately evident looking at their resume that they're a perfect fit for a certain type of job. 
So the summary is also the perfect space to really just lay all of that out. And that's why that's something that I work with with pretty much all of my clients is the resume and the LinkedIn summary, because I truly think that those two things are what's going to set you up for success. And then your profile is basically done. And then when you go out and engage, people like see you and they immediately know what you're about. No, that's really good advice. And that's something I need to work on. I had um, a huge bio and then I didn't update it since senior year. And then I just got rid of it and then added like two lines because I just didn't have the mental capacity to think about it, but this is Mm -hmm. a good push to work on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. What do you think about third person um, bios on LinkedIn? That's something I see a lot. Yeah. I personally am a fan of first person. Me too. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because yeah, I always wondered what the purpose was. I'm like, am I reading your, your book jacket? Like, is this, (laughs) I, I don't know what this is. And also it makes it sound like someone else wrote it for you. Yeah. So yes, I am again anti third person right now, but maybe I could be persuaded. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how LinkedIn transforms over these next couple of years. I feel like it's changing like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much uh, for all of your advice, all of your tips, all of your thoughts. I know a lot of people are going to learn a lot. And speaking of learning from you. Where can people find you? What do you have coming up? Um, Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you today and getting to share some of these thoughts. Uh, People can find me on Insta at Stacey Jean Lee. It's just one word. And uh, I do have a YouTube channel that I've sort of stopped uploading this month in order to focus on what I have going on on Insta. But the YouTube is Stacy Jean. And in September, I plan on making more videos and I'm already coming up with ideas for those. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and then in terms of the stuff that I have coming up right now, I've been I've been doing a lot of one on one coaching and also just uploading free resources and stuff for people in my audience. But in September, I'm going to be launching a group coaching program, which is going to be specifically for job seekers, um, people of the sort that we talked about, creatives, misfits, recent college grads, who would prefer to have a group setting and like a more of a community accountability so that they can achieve their career goals, find jobs, crush it, all of that good stuff. So uh, that is something that is going to be starting in September and that I am truly, truly excited for because uh, I know you know the power of community and I have definitely experienced the power of community. So I really envision this being a container where people can just express themselves and receive as much support as they need throughout the job search process. Great. That all sounds awesome. And I will definitely link everything in both the description of the podcast and I will highlight it on our Instagram page. So Thank you so much, and yeah, have a good day, everyone. Okay, thank you, Christy.